Okay, thank you. I might need that stool. I, uh, I can't begin to say what a privilege and honor it is for me to be here. Uh, to be asked when Bill asked me to preach, my first response was, are you kidding? <clears throat> um, I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about us being his temple. And um, I'm going to start out by reading 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. <clears throat> Paul said, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> in you, whom you have in God? And you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Many years ago, <clears throat> there was a popular little chorus, and I'm going to sing it to you. I'm going to sing the first verse, and then if you know, I'm going to ask you if you know it, and, and when I go on, you can sing with me, okay? It's called, Know Ye Not. Know ye not, know ye not, ye are the temple. Know ye not, know ye not, ye are the temple. Know ye not, know ye not, ye are the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Anybody ever heard that? Some have. Okay, all right. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, uh, it says, filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. Filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. Filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. Ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And then the last verse, very quick. Yes, I know, yes, I know, I am the temple. Yes, I know, yes, I know, I am the temple. Yes, I know, yes, I know, I am the temple. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. Filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. Filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. Filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You did great. <laughs> Instructing the Christians in Corinth to flee from sexual immorality, the Apostle Paul exhorted them, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Indeed, God the Father created our bodies. We all believe that. God the Son redeemed them. God the Holy Spirit indwells them. This makes our body the very temple of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit resides in us, therefore we are to honor God with them. Paul said, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. We have indeed been bought with a price, and it was not gold or silver or perishable things, but the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I appreciate TCF so much. When I first came here and I understood that you, we have communion every Sunday, I thought, isn't that often? Our church back in Maine had it once a month. I love to celebrate and honor the Lord every Sunday with communion. That means so much to me, I can't tell you. Ordained by God before the foundation of the world, Christ's blood purchased us out of the slavery of sin. 
and set us free forever. Hallelujah. As Christians, our bodies are a temple and we are to use them to glorify God. When you think of it, it's amazing that God doesn't just exist outside of us in heaven someplace or in a church building, but his spirit is actually inside us. Think about it right now for a moment. God is in you. Isn't that awesome? It's easy to take this amazing truth for granted, but and some Christians don't even think about it, but God is in us. There was something amazingly wonderful and special about the earthly body of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> no, it didn't radiate with light as he walked among men. There wasn't a halo hanging over his head. It wasn't because his earthly body was it, it wasn't because his earthly body was different from the bodies of other men. To the average person, Jesus looked like anyone else. He had two hands, two feet, two ears, a nose, a mouth, and a heart. Yet his body was different. What was so special about the body of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, for one thing, it was special because the Son of God lived there to dwell among men. Jesus' body was human like ours, only it was indwelt by the Holy Spirit and fully dedicated to the will of God. It was that body that Jesus carried on his earthly ministry. And the body of the Lord was also special because it was sinless. We don't know what that's like. <laughs> At the time of his birth, the infant Jesus was born sinless. <clears throat> what about our earthly body? Well, we need to recognize the fact that every Christian's body is special too. Of course, one huge difference between our bodies and Jesus is that we're not conceived without sin. We were born in sin. Also, our bodies will not last very long without food or water. They cannot jump 10 feet in the air or skip 30 feet. Neither can they pass through closed doors, as Jesus did. Apart from being fearfully and wonderfully made because we're saved, our bodies belong to the Lord, and that's what makes them so special, because they belong to the Lord. Jesus has bought us at an incredible price, the shedding of his own precious blood. That blood was the payment. When we became a Christian by trusting in the atoning death of Jesus Christ on the cross, the Holy Spirit entered our body, and at that moment, our body became the temple where the Holy Spirit resides. So our body is sacred. It makes it special. What does Paul say about our bodies, and how are we to use them? How can we best glorify God in our bodies? Because we have free will, we can either use them or abuse them as we please, but Paul answers the questions for us in his letter to the Corinthians in verse 19 of chapter 6. Paul's first words serve as a reminder. He said, what, know you not? This expression is used by Paul eight times in this first letter to the Corinthians, and again and again he had to say to them, didn't anyone ever tell you about these things? Haven't you ever been informed? 
Do you not know it's wrong to pit one person against another or wrong to organize yourselves into cliques or be constantly at war with each other? That does happen, you know. (laughs) Don't you know that such spirits disrupt the harmony of the church and creates deep feelings of hostility? And then Paul got real specific. He said, don't you know that drunkards, fornicators, adulterers, and sex perverts shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't you know that your body was purchased by the precious blood of Jesus, that you were indwelt by his Holy Spirit, and that God wants to use your body for his glory? Hallelujah. Were the Corinthian believers uninformed about these things? After all, they had been saved from gross heathenism, dreadful dreadful superstition, and loose moral living. Apparently, they were not living up to their potential in Christ, and perhaps they were not growing because they were not obeying Christ. That happens. If we don't obey, we don't grow. Perhaps they were living too close to the world. Oh, that's different. <laughs> living too close to the world and attracted by its allurements. Apparently, their separation to Jesus was not complete. The world, the flesh, and the devil still had a hold on them. This sure seems to be a common thing in our culture today, doesn't it? Some may remember Marcy Tigner. Anybody remember her? She was a young lady, who, an adult woman, who had the voice of a child, and we, we had her records in our house when our kids were little. She had an incredible voice, but it was a, a child's voice, but she was an adult, an adult lady. Marcy was greatly used by the Lord because she used her unusual voice to make children's albums. The Corinthians were not like that at all. They were immature adults. They had been Christians, but they were stifled in their spiritual growth. Paul said he wanted to feed them meat, but he could only feed them baby food because they weren't ready for meat. They had not matured as Christians, and Paul had to remind them that their bodies were special and were sacred unto God since the Holy Spirit had been been deposited in their lives. All their faculties were meant to be holy unto the Lord. They were to be submissive to him. They were to be set apart for his glory. The second thing that Paul emphasizes in this scripture is, one commentator said, a temple is a house or a dwelling place for God, a building erected and set apart for the worship of God. That's what we are. We're a temple. And so it's easy to follow habits, practices, and ways of our old life and let them control and master us. But the spirit we have received provides the strength to master them and now possible for us to no longer be enslaved to the appetites of our flesh our instincts, our desires. We now yield ourselves to the one who can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can think. Joel? (laughs) We must remember that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Would you say it with me? I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's say it one more time. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? That is just so awesome. The Holy Spirit abides in us to glorify Christ our Savior. 
He takes the things of Christ and makes them meaningful to us. He leads us in our daily living that we may grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord. And as we yield our lives completely to him, he fills us with his Holy Spirit. The fourth thing that Paul speaks about us is that we are revealers. This is the purpose for which we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Our bodies are special because they are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and have been, <clears throat> have been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus, and they are meant to glorify him. In that day of the Corinthian church, there was a false god called Venus, who was the principal deity worshipped in the city of Corinth. She was a goddess of love, of licentious passion, and the people of the city were devoted to her. One can only imagine the results. Her shrine appeared above all other gods, and was a law that there was a law that one thousand girls should officiate as public prostitutes before the altar of this goddess of evil. Even Christians were being influenced by this wickedness of the city. They were guilty of sex abuses, as Paul said. Paul said, glorify God in your body. Now, the Greeks looked down on the body. It's kind of odd. To them, the important thing was of the soul and the spirit. And so the body was a thing that didn't really matter. Being of this persuasion meant you could do whatever you wanted to with your body because only the spirit mattered. They argued that if the soul is all that matters, then what a person does with his body has no significance. After all, if a Christian is the most free of all people, then is he not free to do whatever he pleases with his body, they thought? In other words, if the body is filled with certain instincts, why not yield to them? After all, it's made for the sexual act, and the sexual act is made for the body. Therefore, let the desires of the body have their way, just as you do when you feed your stomach when you're hungry. Paul makes it clear that this concept is totally wrong. Amen? <laughs> Man is not free to do as he chooses with his body. He is made for union with Christ in this world and still a closer union in the hereafter. So Paul is pleading to save the Corinthians in body and spirit. <clears throat> Our Christian bodies are sacred because God's spirit dwells in us. The Holy Spirit is in me. Amen. Hallelujah. Our bodies are the temple of the Lord and must not be used to satisfy its own lusts, but to set aside for the to be set aside for the glory of Christ. This means that we must keep it clean and pure. We must practice holy living. Remember our bodies belong to God. Romans twelve one says Present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God. The feet that led us in sin should now be directed to the paths of righteousness, to the house of God, to the place of prayer. The eyes that once looked upon things which violated the law of God should now be directed to the Savior. The ears that once listened to impure things should now be eager to hear the word of God. The hands that once were swift to shed innocent blood should now be engaged in the service of the Lord. And the tongue that once talked so loosely and glibly should now be singing his praises and telling others of his great love.
and the heart that was set upon earthly things should now be embracing the things of Christ and sharing his love to men everywhere. Matthew 5.16, Christ himself has exhorted us to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify the Father which is heaven. Yes, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. There was a scripture that I found after I completed my message, and it's in Galatians 3.27, and I think it's very appropriate for this church. It says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Hallelujah. May we all conduct ourselves in such a way that others will know that his spirit resides in us. When people see us, may they see Jesus. I remember the quote that's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi who said, Preach the gospel everywhere and if necessary, use words. Don't you like that? To God be the glory, honor, and praise now and forever. Father in heaven, I pray that this message has been a blessing and a challenge and Lord, some, and provided some direction for us as we understand that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. God resides in us. Lord, help us to honor him with our bodies and with our mind and with our spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much.